Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird of the inside. Rock Diamond, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, and the number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, Richard and a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley and Apple Bottom Jeans, one forty nine and two unbelievable. months to say this, but racing is back. We are finally getting ready to kick things off. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you what, Mike, Scioto Downs is the place to be come Friday night. Harness racing is back in North America. Yeah, it certainly is, and that's fantastic. Now, you've had a chance to chart over there uh, for some of the qualifiers, what's kind of the mood? I mean, obviously, everybody has to be so excited. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement in the air. Uh, you know, a lot of great things coming up on Friday night at Scioto Downs. And I got a chance to watch some of the qualifiers. And uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, races were kind of interesting. A lot of races were won on the front end. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, might say, well, you know what, they're just qualifiers. You know, people are just trying to get qualified. I think some of these guys were really racing hard. And I'll tell you what, I'm interested to see how the track kind of shapes up at Scioto Downs um, here on Friday night, because a lot of these tracks, Mike, from a wagering perspective, have not raced in, what, two, two and a half months? There's no telling what the uh, racing strips are going to be like. Yeah, and it's certainly going to be interesting, Mike, from a handicapping angle, how we attack this. 
uh, come tomorrow night. But uh, you know what? If you look and you could go out on USTrotting.com, it's right on the front page. If you're looking for the racetracks that are beginning to reopen, what kind of the status is. Uh, and if you click on the link on the very front page, uh, it'll get you to uh, kind of like a grid. And what you want to look for is the tracks in the yellow. And for those of you that don't know, Harrington will start on June 15th. Of course, that's pending state approval. Uh, Hoosier uh, 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 on the 16th of June. Of course, going to have Rick Moore on this program here. He'll tell us about that in just a moment. Northfield Park, we've got Dave Bianconi on the program. They begin on May 26th, running aces. Really uh, haven't really been affected too bad. Qualifiers will start on the 10th of June. Racing begins on the 20th of June. Of course, Scioto starts tomorrow. Charlottetown will start on June 4th. Mohawk will start on June 5th. And once again, it's a baby step still. No fans to a lot of racetracks closed. I know Jeff Garrell's uh, pretty excited about getting the Meadowlands back. And, and of course, uh, you know, what we're kind of going through here in Pennsylvania. But um, just good to see harness racing back, Mike. And, uh, boy, it seems like it's been forever. It has been. And, you know, I remember March 31st when I had to switch the last racetrack from yes to no. And it was one of those things that, um, you know, it was, it was a really, really bad feeling. And uh, I remember uh, talking some with Mike Tanner and saying, you know what, I can't wait till we start switching these racetracks from no to yes. And here we go. We're starting the, uh, starting the process. So we're looking forward to it. An action-packed program at Toyota Downs tomorrow night. And uh, we're going to be talking with Gabe Pruitt here in just a little bit. We're going to be talking some Toyota Downs and guaranteed wagering action. Past performances are free on the Toyota Downs website. You can get Trackmaster PPs for the pick five on the USTA website. There are past performances galore everywhere. That's right. And you know what? This is kind of a special program for us because obviously we've been waiting for quite a while. We've been talking to trainers and owners and drivers and announcers and everybody kind of how they're getting through this. Well, the light at the end of the tunnel is here. And we're going to forego the commercial break, Mike. We're going to bring our good friend Gabe Pruitt on. And, and uh, Gabe, I'll tell you what, if there's one person that uh, is certainly excited about racing returning it's you. I mean, basically, you just showed up at Sayoto and said, hey, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. <laughs> I got called um, from my good friend Joe Morris, uh, who, who's the new uh, senior vice president of racing for El Dorado guys. I was still laying on the couch in Florida. Um, sad that we had uh, no more pump left this season, but uh, he had mentioned everyone trying to get going soon in Ohio and that uh, he would like some help uh, potentially to get things underway there. So, obviously, uh, I didn't have much going on. I thought it was a great deal. So, I came back to Lexington uh, and uh, obviously have made my way up to uh, Ohio to help those guys get underway. Gabe, let's talk a little bit about the atmosphere now at Scioto. Of course, uh, this is, you know, I mean, uh, first time racing in, in quite a while. Uh, kind of describe the atmosphere and also maybe talk about some of the changes that we're going to see. Although harness racing is back, it's certainly going to be a new normal. It is a new normal. And uh, yeah, there's obviously a sense of excitement uh, there uh, in Ohio right now. I'm sure all over for anyone that's about to get up and going. Uh, the other day, our first day of qualifiers, uh, the first guy on the track, you know, an hour and a half, at least before the first qualifier, Ron, Ron Burke out there himself <laughs> warming up. Uh, I yelled at him. He said uh, he's never felt better in his life. So that sort of just shows you how 
uh, everyone was struggling uh, and ready to get back rolling. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great, guys. We should uh, obviously it's out. end up with 12, 13, 14 race cars. We move forward and get back into action. Ohio Sire Stakes will be uh, coming up uh, in the not-so-distant future. So uh, it really is an exciting thing. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're starting to see a lot of other states uh, open that door as well, which that's the main thing. We need to get everyone back in action as, as soon as possible when it comes to the stakes calendar and uh, overnight racing all over. Uh, we really need to get uh, these jurisdictions back and going. Yeah, and this really had to be, uh, I mean, just a nightmare scenario for all the people that put together these uh, stinks and, uh, you know, just a lot of shuffling around, uh, a lot of moving back, just a lot of uncertainty. But it seems like uh, some of the certainty is back in place. Uh, Gabe, you know, there are going to be changes. I mean, obviously, we're not going to race with fans for a while. And there's also going to be some changes in the paddock as well as far as practicing uh, social distancing and so forth. Sarah has great uh, protocols put in place there, and I think a lot of that came from the state of Ohio. Uh, but they are now turning a four-race paddock into a two-race paddock, so everyone is uh, a long distance away. Uh, when you ship in, you've been assigned stalls from the old barn area at Sarah, so you are literally there uh, with other horses from your uh, from your trainer. Uh, so we're trying to not mix uh, – barns and people together it's just the people you came in with so to speak so yeah it's it's going to be a new uh, a new normal uh i think hopefully at some point we'll get fans back under some of those social distancing guidelines i think it's iota that uh, the clubhouse can be used in the near future uh, i think it'd be an every other table type uh, scenario in there uh, they've got a nice outdoor viewing area which we all know that's uh, much safer anyway i think you can spread people out there so, yeah, I think at some point, uh, you know, we'll see fans trickle back in uh, maybe right around the time that uh, the casinos are opening to some degree as well. Uh, and um, But at least, you know, we're giving people a shot to uh, get back and, and make a living now. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, Gabe, obviously you've had a chance to uh, kind of watch some of the qualifiers uh, that have taken place at Side of the Downs over the last uh, couple of days. And uh, one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of front-end speed horses or front-end speed kind of winning, quote-unquote, those qualifying races. Have you seen anything from a handicapping angle that maybe would stick out to you that uh, maybe could help the better outcome? You know, quite honestly, I haven't, Mike. I don't really know the circuit too well. Uh, we did have a great track crew to uh, get this ready. Uh, Phil, our track man, and Dan Coon came up from Lexington as well uh, to get this track back ready to roll. And uh, we've had, obviously, some, some rain and some weather. But they're going some big miles, as you know, over the track in those qualifiers. The good news is they've all been videotaped. So you can certainly go back uh, and watch those replays in the qualifiers as you're handicapping uh, for your opening night, Saturday night cards. I think that's very important. Uh, as you know, Mike, we actually wrote condition sheets for the first couple of days of qualifiers because we had to come back. Uh, we began qualifying on a Saturday, and opening night was a Friday. So we really had to make sure we got all those Friday night horses in uh, on that initial Saturday of qualifiers, and same thing for that initial Sunday of qualifiers uh, for the Saturday night horses. So uh, nothing has stood out. We're going to see how it goes, see how it plays out. I'm sure we'll see certain barns that have had things, um, had things dialed in and ready to go. Uh, we'll have to uh, keep our eyes on that as the racing gets underway, and um, and we will see. We have plenty of action over opening weekend, guys. Twelve races uh, Friday and Saturday, and we're back Monday as well. I think you may have already mentioned it. We've got free pass performances for all three of those opening day, uh, opening weekend cards, uh, and we've actually signed a deal to do ten free pass performance days uh, over the first month or so of racing. So we'll have some other free pass performance days as we move forward as well. 
visiting with Game Pruitt. Game, you know, harness racing and, and horse racing in general, and of course, uh, some thoroughbred racetracks have uh, been able to uh, kind of go through this thing uh, without fans. And hey, we've seen it pay off in the in the handles. I mean, uh, look at Fonner Park doing over a million dollars. Who would have thought that? But uh, do you think as harness racing starts up, especially with a lot of these other sports kind of still on the shelf, do you think that this could be maybe maybe a, a kind of a, a positive for racing, maybe to get more eyes on the product? Well, there's no question we'll have more eyes because there, there is uh, less products out there overall. However, you know, we're still going to have quite a bit of uh, uh, that we are up against. Um, as, as far as Friday night goes, you know, Santa Anita and Golden Gate uh, will overlap probably the first five races or so on the card. Uh, and then uh, nighttime, Charlestown, of course, is back in West Virginia. Remington is still rolling, Los Alamitos. So it's not uh, a case where we're going to be as lucky as Fonner Park uh, and Will Rogers. Some of those tracks have really benefited from being the only game in town. Uh, we'll have a similar slate we're up against on Saturday night. Uh, and then Monday should be a, le- a lot less traffic. I think Remington is rolling Monday night. Uh, but we were actually slated for a, an afternoon card on Memorial Day. Uh, we opted to a switch to an evening card. Uh, just due to the amount of competition uh, that was out there from some of those major thoroughbred signals on uh, Memorial Day. All right. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck. All lines will be on Sayoto Downs over the weekend. And, uh, hey, it's it's good to be on the other side of the mountain. It's good to have that curve flattened, my friend. No question about that. We're looking forward to it, guys. Uh, Great to be the first track back up. And I'm also uh, very happy to see so many more tracks in the pipe now to get back and rolling. Should be great. Uh, we've been waiting for this day for a long time. All right. Take care, Gabe. All right. That was Game Pruitt. And, uh, you know, once again, Mike, you talked about a guy that's really passionate about the sport. And uh, here's a guy that basically, you know, he will do anything he needs to do as long as he's around, a, a, you know, a horse. Well, uh, we, listen, we'll work for, uh, for sending in money. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Gabe Pruitt, uh, an awesome individual. I got to work with Gabe uh, on Saturday and Sunday, Mike, actually, because I was out there charting the races. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it was just cool to see racing out there in general, um, just racing yeah. in general. And, you know, to kind of see those guys and uh, just kind of chit-chat with them about racing. I talked to Jim Ross for a little bit about that. Um, they've got a cool little series coming up. It's the Stars of Tomorrow, kind of like the Pegasus World Cup uh, that they're going to draw for on Saturday night. So lots of really great things coming up at Sider Downs. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be the, – there will be the first track racing um, around the country. Got some other tracks kicking off as well, including Hoosier Park and Rick Moore, I believe, is up next. That's right. Rick Moore's at the on-deck circle, so we're going to talk about uh, what's going on at Hoosier Park. Post Dave D'Antoni towards the top of the hour from Northfield. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Back with more after this. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit WinnersCircleRacing.net. That's WinnersCircleRacing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. 
Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Toronto Association. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now. I forgot my we are joined by the head man, Rick Moore. Rick, welcome to the program. And I'll tell you what, my friend, it is so good to kind of be on the uh, on the other side of the mountain, so to speak. And now we're starting to reopen harness racing. It's a really, really cool thing to see. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh... Like everyone, it's been uh, it's been a, it seems even longer than it has been. Boy, every day just seems to drag. But you know, we got the um, you know we kind of see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. We've got uh, we're going to get going on June 16th. Um, we started qualifiers um, this week. Uh, restarted qualifiers, I guess you would say. Uh, we're qualifying four days a week. We got two uh, uh, two days behind us, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we'll go Friday and Saturday. We'll continue that way up until the uh, start of the meet. So. Getting exciting, a lot of buzz um, in the barn area, and people happy to be back. Now, Rick, obviously uh, lots of buzz, as you said, surrounding it. And uh, you guys actually uh, taped your qualifiers the first day. You live streamed them the second day. Um, this has been uh, not a huge project or undertaking, but having to do it with a skeleton staff is uh, something that, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of credit and a lot of work to put uh, put that show on. Uh, special thanks to uh, Ryan Clendenin and those guys, huh? Yeah, Ryan, did, he's done a great job. It was his idea to live stream it, and then we had some help from uh, from some of the Caesars folks, uh, IT folks out in uh, Las Vegas, you know, helping us uh, put on the live streaming and help us giving getting everything on our website, you know, the the, the entries for the qualifiers, and, you know, the link to uh, the live streaming. So uh, team effort, but like you said, it's a, it's a skeleton crew right now, and uh, uh, yeah, m- many kudos to Ryan Clendenin. Visiting with Rick Moore, Rick uh, from Hoosier Park. Uh, obviously, there are going to be some changes uh, in the paddock uh, with social distancing and, and just proper coronavirus courtesies. Tell us about what uh, some of the changes that uh, that we can expect. Well, we've got uh, you know we worked with the, uh, the Indiana Horse Racing Commission, the Indiana Stand Red Association, and ourselves, Hoosier Park, and you know, and, and through the governor's office, come up with a protocol plan that uh, has been blessed and. A real team effort, but uh, no one takes this uh, this virus more serious than me and uh, the folks at the Racing Commission and just you know uh, everyone involved here in Indiana. And uh, you know when you come in, you know the first thing has to be done. You're going to get your temperature taken when you hit the stable gate. Uh, if you're below 100.4, you'll be given a wristband uh, to enter the barn area. Your temperature will be recorded for that day. Uh, you'll have to wear a mask uh, when in public at all times. If you don't have a mask with you, we'll give you a mask. 
uh, we're taking this very, very seriously. Um, the safety, you know, of everyone in the barn area is is really at the forefront. And, you know, along with that, you know, it's, it's pretty restrictive, whereas there's no owners, visitors, or guests at this time, only essential personnel. Um, we're taking this very seriously. We want to get it uh, – and we want to maintain safety at all costs. And uh, we want to, you know, put on a, a racing program, all the while being uh, cognizant of the, the, the coronavirus that's uh, affecting all of us. Obviously, Rick, uh, you've had to make a lot, a lot of changes uh, kind of gearing up for this opening. Um, and one thing about the state of Indiana that I've seen is they had a really cool graph uh, kind of when the openings uh, first started that explained each phase and what they were thinking. And it looks like uh, by the middle of July, uh, hopefully everything will be somewhat back to normal. Um, I know you guys uh, put on an amazing product for your fans uh, that come to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. I know you're going to be looking forward to those days as well. Yeah, we really are. And, you know, I think Governor Holcomb, uh, Governor Eric Holcomb, has just done a terrific job in the state, laying out the reopening of the state in a really methodical uh, manner, you know, five stages he's laid out. We're in, uh, you know, we're in the, the midst of stage th- uh, three right now. And uh, like you said, by the time uh, we get to July 4th, that starts stage five. Hopefully things will uh, be pretty much reopened here in the state. And, uh, of course, all the while, again, you know, hoping that, the, you know, the coronavirus doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't take off in the wrong direction again. What changes, if any, Rick, were uh, kind of made to the stake schedule? I know a lot of tracks, a lot of jurisdictions uh, had to juggle things around. It certainly has played havoc with the Grand Circuit. Uh, as far as uh, Indiana Sire Stakes, what what uh, changes have been made? You know, we lost a leg of the, the three-year-old uh, Colton Geldings uh, Indiana Sire Stakes. But for the most part, we, we uh, our, our racing secretary, Scott Piney, has juggled some dates on the Sire Stakes. But for the most part, we haven't lost uh, lost much. Uh, we've lost that one leg. I think we're going to be able to maintain uh, uh, all the uh, other legs, the div- other divisions, again, juggling uh, the dates a little bit. But for the most part, the Sire Stakes is going to remain intact, albeit uh, somewhat reduced uh, purses. Uh, naturally, we've, you know, we've lost uh, a lot of funding with the casino being closed for going on three months now. So, uh, the Sire Stakes, a, a little bit of alteration on the uh, as far as the, the dates are concerned, but not a lot. As far as our open stakes schedule, the good thing about our open stakes is you know, we really don't start our open stakes until towards the, the latter part of our meet, and we kick off on August 14th with our – pardon me, August 14th with our Dan Pat stakes, um, and that really starts our championship season. So, you know, every weekend after uh, August 14th is pretty much a, a stakes weekend, but – we, again, we really don't start our open stakes until later, so that that uh, that's uh, helpful. Rick Morris, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to harness racing in general, especially uh, at Harris Hoosier Park. Any word on uh, when the casino may open back up in Indiana? No worries yet. Uh, you know, um, I know uh, I don't don't have anything to, you know to do with the the casino uh, part of the operation, but I do know you know. Uh, our folks and all the casino folks in Indiana are working with the Indiana Gaming Commission to uh, lay out a plan to safely open the casino. So hopefully soon, but uh, I, I don't uh, don't know when that may be. All right. Rick, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Look forward to getting back started, my friend. Michael, Michael, good to talk to you guys.
Uh, that was Rick Moore, always uh, class act. He's been so good to us, a big friend of the program, big supporters of the program. And, and uh, once again, I mean, here we go. I mean, we've we've kind of reached the end of the uh, of what was a very very seemed like forever uh, and just an endless road to, to get things back going. Yeah, you know, it was uh, one of those things, Mike, that uh, it, it's tough. You know, you've got to put a lot of restrictions in. And, you know, for some of these racetracks, Mike, it's not easy. Um, you know, you're having to have everybody wear masks and, you know, with the facial mm. coverings of some sort, then you've got to sanitize everything. And, you know, a lot of these tracks had cleaning protocols already, but now they're having to do double and triple duty work. It's not easy for them at all, I can imagine. No, no, certainly not. And like I said, there's going to certainly be a lot of changes a lot of changes in the paddock, but uh, I'll tell you what, we're just we're just happy to get back to work. And well, I, I should say some of us are happy <laughs> because we're we're still a we're still sitting here in Pennsylvania. We're in a holding pattern. Um, I know uh, that the governor's is uh, Pennsylvania, so we can't get back going until the green phase. And you know, unfortunately, both Harris, Philadelphia, and the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono are in. Uh, a red country or a red county. So red country. Um, <laughs> in a red country, yeah, in a red county. So hopefully, uh, and I know that the uh, the latest that I saw as far as Pennsylvania goes, is it, and it was a letter asking Governor Wolf to reconsider his decision. It was signed by 17 state senators. So you would think that that would pack some weight uh, to that. So hopefully uh, we can get going real, real quick here in the state of Pennsylvania. So lot left, lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Presented by the USTR, good friend Dave Bianconi will be joining us, uh, plus more, right after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Back in just a moment. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback of Delaware's Stallion lineup offers 12 proven stallions for the first state. Classic Carn Shark is a proven sire of stakes winners. He is a full brother to both Better's Delight and Roll with Joe. Roddy's Bangs Again is the sire of multiple DSBF final winners, including $675,000 winner Perfect Bangs. I'm Linda Cascano. I was the trainer of Husband Blue for his whole career, and I have nothing but good things to say about Heston. He was a professional horse from the day he started. Heston Blue Chip is the sire of multiple stakes winners, including 2019 New York Sire Stakes champion and $980,000 winner Zero Tolerance. For more information on stallions, including breeding contracts, visit winbackfarm.com. Hey, racing fans. 
We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family property call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, Mike, obviously, uh, COVID-19 has run rampant uh, through uh, not only North America, but the world. And it's changed a lot of stakes races. And uh, it's unfortunately going to change our live remote schedule just a little bit for 2020. Yeah, it certainly is. And you know, a lot of it's kind of be gonna kind of be up in the air. I mean, we're gonna have to kind of see which, you know, tracks open, which uh, just the whole landscape is really, really shifted. So, uh, you know, just keep keep tabs of our website, post on with Mike and Mike dot com. Of course, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and uh, hey, we're we're flying by the seat of our pants here. I think uh, just like everybody else, Mike. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those things that while we may not do things, uh, say in person, maybe we'll be doing some remote things. Uh, you know, maybe we'll try some video, uh, FaceTime, Skype. We've tried to do that a little bit. So uh, just be looking forward to that. But uh, who, I, I'm not sure that uh, there's going to be many media on many racetracks this year. No, no. I mean, it's it's really just going to be a totally interesting uh, scenario. And, and uh, but once again, I mean, it, you know, safety is the key thing here. I mean, keep everybody safe. Try to get through this thing safely. I mean, right now I think we're just kind of holding our breaths as these racetracks and states reopen, that there isn't a spike, um, you know, that the numbers continue to decline. So that's kind of where our focus is right now. But you know what? Hey, baby steps. We're just, uh, listen, we're just focused <laughs> on this weekend, and we're happy that harness racing is back in, in, in some form. Exactly, exactly. That's the key to this whole thing is we're just glad that harness racing is back in some way, shape, or form. All right, Mike. Well, Friday night kicks off a the harness racing season at Scioto Downs, and um, you know it, it is a very, very nice program. Um, full fields, great wagering opportunities, um, a different betting menu uh, per se 
They now have a pick six beginning in lace number seven. I'm interested to see what some of these new wagers kind of do at Saturday Downs. Well, yeah, and it's certainly going to be interesting to see what kind of happens on the racetrack. It, you know, I mean, from a handicapping point of view, it's certainly going to be quite a puzzle because, of course, you have a lot of horses, well, all horses pretty much, you know, coming off of layoffs. And, I mean, you're really going to have to depend on qualifiers and, and uh, you know, maybe how they look on the racetrack. But once again, I mean, it's kind of like the opening of a meet. I mean, it's it, you kind of, I think, Mike have to look at trainers' tendencies, you know, which trainers – uh, have horses ready to go, which, you know, trainers, uh, you know, like to use a race or two to get back into racing form. It's, you know, I think that's kind of the way that uh, they're going to have to attack this handicapping puzzle because it's certainly going to be tough. Yeah, for sure it is. And, uh, you know, one of those things uh, that you want to look at, uh, Trackmaster has a very good product called the 12 line extended past performances. And one of the lines on there, Mike, is a layoff statistic. And I'm looking uh, looking at the uh, first race right now, per se, and there's a chance to get a little bit of value uh, from the first race on number three, Foolish Heart, uh, three to one on the morning line, but a 38% winner first back off the layoff for Trader Virgil Morgan Jr. So I'm interested to see uh, interested to see if those stats kind of hold up. Yeah, I know, and uh, I know Rich Matei kind of looks at that. I mean, when he's handicapping thoroughbreds as far as uh, trainer tendencies, you know, who's got their horses ready to go right off the bench and, uh, you know, who doesn't. So uh, I think that's going to be uh, certainly, you know, that's going to play certainly big time into your handicapping. Uh, also, of course, if you watch videotape, you know, watch the qualifiers, see exactly who is in hand. You know, in, in, in watching qualifiers is very important because uh, I think you really have to know kind of what to look for when when you watch qualifiers. And I know a couple of handicappers, they're very, very good at it. But when you're watching a qualifier, Mike, what's some of the things that you look to? And actually, what I mean, how much stock do you put into it? Um, it depends. You know, some of these qualifiers, Mike, you look at them and, you know, a horse like Southland Amazon might have went up against some three-year-old from last year. And so you have mm-hmm. to kind of look at those things. You know, it, it's sort of defeating looking at the line going, man, that horse was beat 51 lengths. Uh, but if you see who won the race, I mean, that's that's a key, key investment to me. Um, seeing where those horses belong, um, you know, whether or not they were able to close from off the pace, if they were, were they passing horses? Um, some of those things are key, key things to me and key components to it. And, you know, I, I just looking at qualifiers specifically, you just have to, you know, kind of watch them. Um, and that's, I hate to, you know, say that, you know, watching replays is like the only way to go. But if you're looking at the lines uh, per se, you know, you might not see everything. I know because I charted mm-hmm. two days there that you may not see everything that happened in a race. Uh, some of these horses um, tired drastically off the layoff. Those might be horses that I pitch, per se, and maybe in favor of horses that, uh, you know, will come from uh, come from off the pace and pass others. And that's certainly the advantage of watching replays, whether it be a race or a qualifier, is that the charted line does not tell the whole story. Uh, Correct. You know, I, a lot of things happen between, you know, those calls. A lot of things happen between the quarter and the half that, you know, the charted line may not see. So watching replays and, uh, you know, watching qualifiers especially and when, stuff uh, is uh, – Especially when Carter's charting. 
We yelled by Carter Let's bring yeah, in that's Dave and Cody. Dave, on the line. Yeah, Dave, let's talk about Mike Carter's charting a little bit. What, <laughs> what, do, you, what do you say? What's up? <laughs> he didn't Dave, hear the let's, question. Let's talk, let's, well, uh, I'm sorry. Let's talk what, a little bit about Mike Carter. We're, we're, talking, we're talking about Mike Carter's it, charting. Can we talk about Mike Carter's hey. charting a little bit? I'm glad to have him. I, we, their charters are hard to come by, so I'll take it. Oh boy, you, you must be, but you, Carter, you must be buying dinner, huh? Uh, yes, I am buying dinner. I'm buying the ham sandwich that uh, Dave's going to bring me come Friday night. But uh, Dave, uh, obviously, Northfield Park uh, going to be, be uh, you know, the second racetrack to kind of kick things off um, come Tuesday. And I know you guys are drawing today. Uh, you've had a week long of qualifiers that's going to extend into next week. I'll tell you what, uh, you guys got to be excited to get back to racing at, uh, in Northern Ohio. Very excited. Uh, obviously it's spectator free, but uh, we're glad to get back at it in any way possible. And as you mentioned, you know, Tuesday night, the 26th, the night after Memorial day is our first card back at uh, six o'clock. Dave, Mike Bozich here. Let's talk about some of the changes. Like we, we asked Gabe, we asked Rick. Obviously, there's going to be some changes in the paddock. Things uh, just aren't going to go back to normal quite yet. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of social distancing protocols and so forth. What are some of the things that you guys are doing to kind of look after the safety of uh, of the horsemen and horsewomen? Well, luckily, we had a week of practice of, of, at this in March because we did race one week without spectators there before they shut everything down. So we switched to a two-race paddock, and we normally have a three-race paddock, so quite a few uh, less people in with a two-race paddock. We're only allowing one one person per horse. So everything is pretty spread out. I mean, for people that have been on our backstretch, it's a pretty sizable backstretch, and it's pretty easy to stay at least six feet away from each other. And there are now sanitizing stations up all over the place. Everybody has to wear a mask, you name it. So, you know, we're, we're confident that, uh, you know, we're doing everything we can uh, to keep everyone safe. Now, Dave, obviously the box has been extremely full over the last couple of days uh, with qualifiers and gearing up for uh, gearing up for live racing on Tuesday. How are you guys kind of gearing up from a uh, race office perspective? Obviously, uh, you're the director of racing at Northfield and uh, also the race secretary at the Little Brown Jug. And, you know, uh, it, it's not been, quote-unquote, business as usual, so to speak, uh, this week, obviously, with all the horses that you've had in the box. No. Well, everyone, virtually everyone in the state had to requalify, unless you were in another jurisdiction, you know, maybe down in Florida qualifying or something. Every other horse has been, you know, over 60 days, and they're all uh, needing to requalify. So we had qualifiers every day this week, Monday through Friday. Then we're also added a day on Monday, Memorial Day, we're going to qualify more because there were just – unbelievable amount of horses in the box to qualify so you know we're by the time monday you know qualifiers are done we'll qualify nearly 800 heads so we're <laughs> we're doing our part visiting with dave being company from Northfield park dave uh, from a handicapping point of view obviously this you know the first week or two of uh, racing it's going to kind of be tough to to uh, attack it from a handicapping point of view, How, you, maybe give us a couple of things we could look for, perhaps, uh, if, we're, uh, if we're playing the races. You know, to me, a lot of trainers, you know, you know their tendencies and guys that, you know, guys that go pretty hard and never really, you know, have like, you need to start, you know, off the layoff, blah, blah, blah. Guys that have their horses on point, 
all the time, you know, especially first start off the qualifier. Those are trainers to me that you can, uh, you could probably bet on. Dave, uh, what is the racing schedule going to kind of look like at uh, MGM Northfield Park? Obviously, we've seen some of the thoroughbred tracks kind of adjust their schedules um, to fit uh, the horse population and things of that sort. But um, you guys are going to continue to go four days a week. Uh, what does that schedule look like for you guys into next week and then the following week after that? It's a little different next week, our, our first week back. Of course, we're starting Tuesday night, the 26th. We're going to race Wednesday night, the 27th. And then we've added a card on Friday night, May 29th. So, again, that's an added card Friday, May 29th, and then also uh, Saturday the 30th. So we're racing four cards next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Then in June, we'll likely go back to our normal schedule, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday for the month of June. All right. Well, Dave, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, uh, hey, once again, man, we are just so happy that that, uh, harness racing is back. Um, one quick question before we let you go. Uh, obviously, we're looking ahead to September. I don't think anybody kind of knows what to expect, whether it's going to spike again, whether we're going to get a second round of uh, COVID-19 or what have you. But uh, the little brown jug without fans. I certainly hope that is not the case. I've spoken to Tom Wright, uh, who runs the, the fairgrounds and the jug down there. And I, I, we're definitely hoping to have fans. It might look a little different than, than normal, but, you know, it's it's too early to speculate. But uh, I would hate to even think of that because the fans are such a big part of the experience at the Jug, and there's usually over 40,000 of them. So we'll see how that works out. But, I, you know, we're definitely hoping for the best. Dave, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Great to be back in action. Thanks. Hope to see you guys uh, on the line there Tuesday night. Appreciate it. All right, that was Dave Bianconi, and uh, boy, Mike, I'll tell you what, you must be buying the dinner down there at Northfield <laughs> Park, because I tried I tried so hard to bait him, and uh, to try to get him to say something a little controversial about your charting, but we could, he, 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 didn't, he didn't take the bait. You know, it, it's, it's, it, listen, charting is not as easy as people think it is, Mm-mm. think it, you know, so uh, it's one of those things that uh, if you've never done it, you should take a shot and do it and, uh, you know, kind of see what we go through. It's, uh, there's a reason that the charted lines don't, uh, don't show everything. Well, and I'm going to tell you what, it's the most, in my opinion, it's one of the most important jobs in the industry because, I mean, let's face it, you know, the, the, uh, the punters, depend on that i mean that is their lifeline as far as handicapping races and so forth and it's just so very important to be as accurate as possible exactly exactly that's the key is you want to be as accurate as possible and do what you can and um you know i try to be as accurate as i can and uh you know we try to get it right and there are times where i feel like i miss something i go back and you know you got to watch the replay with the judges and kind of see who made a break where but you know you just do your best and try to make sure you get it right we're going to take one final time out. We're going to wrap this thing up. We've got first time with Mike and Mike presented it by the USTA. Winback Farm of Ontario is proud to welcome four exciting new stallions for 2020. Jimmy Freight, the 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Dayton Pacing Derby at Mohawk Gold Cup. Nick Wicked, the 2018 Horse of the Year at U.S. and Canada, the richest pacing stallion in harness racing history. Stag Party is the 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Metro Pace. And the Bank. 
son of two millionaires, Donato Hanover and Lantern Kronos, and a Breeders' Crown and Stanley Dancer champion. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at the six minute one. All right. Thanks so much to our guests, Dave Bianconi, Gabe Pruitt, and Rick Moore for coming on the program. Live racing is back in North America. We're excited about it, and we can't wait to keep talking about it coming up next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. No!